boy. Hello, everybody. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Slate. And I'm Donald Wine. And this is the World of CONCACAF News Desk. And this is the CONCACAF Nations League June edition of the News Desk. I know you all have been waiting for us to talk Nations League. I'm just jacked up about it. Uh, guys, what a window. What a June window. What a window. I mean, it's a the perfect way. To, I mean, I've been missing for the past two episodes, and so it is a, the perfect way to come back into the fold. Um, we had quite the uh, quite the window and quite the the bit of excitement. And um, I think this window, if if you want to know um, what embodies the spirit of World of Concacaf, um, this past window does that. It's it was the greatest window in the history of FIFA. Because it was two and a half weeks long. We had about 35 Nations League games. Like literally every five minutes, there's a Nations League game. It was perfect. I I had two weeks of just spending all day every day watching CONCACAF Nations League action. It really was a dream come true for me. Um, lots of action. But most importantly, it is CONCACAF. So lots of bullshit. So there's a lot for us to go through. Uh, and we're going to let you know where everything sits. We're going to let you know all the nonsense that happened. We're going to talk about it all. Uh, first off, though, want to give a shout out to our new patron, Eric. Eric signed up uh, for our Patreon, which you can as well. Patreon.com slash podcacaf. You get bonus content. You'll get to hear the one more round bonus episode that we're going to record as soon as we wrap this up. And uh, you get all that fun stuff. And you get to support us. So please do that. Patreon.com slash podcacaf. We really appreciate it. And we welcome all new subscribers and all our new followers. Our Twitter has been blowing up because obviously everyone wants to know the latest CONCACAF Nations League information. I mean, I I do say uh, thank you to everyone that is continuing to support Eric's gambling habit um, and his uh, (laughs) research into research, uh, put that in quotations of, of CONCACAF matches. Um, And so, you know, uh, please uh, continue to support. So maybe he can have a roof over his head. Listen, we're not going to get we're not going to delve too deep into it. I will make some comments later about some things that did not decidedly did not go my way. But I have to tell you, early on, knowing all I know about these islands from all the research we've done, having all that background info, I was ahead of the books a little bit. I ended up doing good over the course of the window. I could have done a lot better if Canada didn't fuck it up for me. But it was a it was a good June for me. Very. That's good called June. a teaser. That was a yeah. tease. Oh, the, we're teasing. <laughs> we're teasing. Speaking of gambling, teasing. Uh, let's just get ourselves into that uh, that update. Let's uh, let's recap the standings. So we're gonna go league by league and kind of just review what the standings are right now, what we saw, things that we need to talk about. So let's talk about it. So I'm gonna lead off with League A, and we'll start with Group A and League A. Uh, After three games, Jamaica sitting on top with five points, Mexico with two games played and four points in the second, and then Suriname sitting in third on one point. Um, For me, the one result that pops out, uh, Suriname, that 1-1 draw against Jamaica early on. Suriname had been promoted. Great result for them. Going on to League Going on to Group B, uh, Panama sitting first place with seven points. 
after three games played, Costa Rica, two games played and three points in second. And then in third place, Martinique, three games played one point there. Uh, for me, this group, Panama, really blown opportunity here in June. They went ahead and beat Costa Rica. The first match with getting a 2-0 result at home, Estadio Ramal Fernandez, they always, they don't lose there. I shouldn't say they always win. They don't lose there. The fortress. Um, the, it really is a fortress. So two great results at home for Panama at home. And then on June 12th, the last game of the window for this group, uh, Martinique zero, Panama zero, really a blown opportunity for Panama to really put themselves in the driver's seat for the top of the group and that spot in the nation's league finals. Moving on to group C first place, Honduras at three points, three games played and six points. Sorry. Uh, Speaking of sorry, Canada in second place, two games played three points. And then Curacao in third place, three games played three points there. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, Canada, not in first place. I hate to see I th- it. I thought they were champions of CONCACAF, according to their Twitter. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the Twitter later. I, I'm not going to derail us here. Yeah, let's keep rolling here. Uh, and finally, Group D in League A, El Salvador sitting in first place, five points after three games. United States second with four points after two games. And Grenada Last place, three games played, one point there. Jonathan, why don't you go through League B for us? All right, so League B, starting with Group A. So um, all teams having played four four games. So Cuba, uh, with nine points topping the group at a plus-six goal difference. Uh, Guadeloupe, also on nine points, but just behind uh, with a plus-two goal differential. Um, and Tugo and Barbuda on six. And then Barbados on a big fat goose egg. Um, moving on uh, to Group B, uh, this is when we started to see some teams having played a different number of games. So um, the top of the group, Haiti uh, with ten points, uh, Guyana with plus, uh, I mean with six points. Uh, both of these teams have played four, um, and then Montserrat and, and Bermuda both having played three, but Montserrat in third with three points and Bermuda. Uh, with one point. I do want to point then, out that we will be talking about that Montserrat, Bermuda, why they only have only played three games. We'll be talking about that a little later. Foreshadowing. Teasing. 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 Lots of teasing here. <laughs> um, group C. So all teams having played four matches, Nicaragua on top with 10 points, uh, Trinidad and Tobago in second with nine, Bahamas, uh, in third with three, and then um, our, you know, the patron saints of this pod, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Vincey Heat, um, in last mm-hmm. place w- with one point. So um, a disappointing, uh, you know, start to the the uh, the league for uh, Vincey Heat. And then moving on, finally, Group D. So all teams having played four here, um, French Guyana uh, in first with 10 points, Guatemala in second with seven, Dominican Republic in third with four, and then Belize in fourth with just a single 
point. Um, so going into this, we now know that we have each team's um, will have two matches left um, before they head into before we get the the end of the the rounds of this this Nations League. I do want to shout out uh, French Guiana's Joel Saruco. Four games played, four goals. The man scored a goal in every game they played. He, he knows how to get up for CONCACAF Nations League. So shout out Joel Saruco, French Guiana. Dude showed up. Uh, Donald, let's get to the good stuff. League C, what's going on? Yeah, you left me with the good groups. Uh, so let's start with Group A. All of these teams have played four matches. You have Bonaire uh, sitting in first with 10 points. St. Martin, the Dutch St. Martin, uh, sitting in second with five points. U.S. Virgin Islands sit in third with four points, and Turks and Caicos sit in fourth with three points. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but you ate to see anyone win eight to two. Um, but you also ate to see that same team end up losing. We'll talk about that later yeah, on. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, so let's go to Group B. Group B, there's three game, uh, three teams in this in, in the rest of these groups, B, C, and D. So Group B, we have Aruba sitting on in first place, three matches, four points. St. Kitts and Nevis right behind them, two matches, four points. So they have a they have a, a game in hand, uh, if you will, on Aruba. And then St. Martin, the French St. Martin, sitting in third with three matches and two points from those three matches. Group C, we have St. Lucia. Running away with it. Two matches, six points. They have been promoted. They have won their group. Uh, Dominica has three matches, two points, and Anguilla with two points through three matches. Dare I say Anguilla has two points from three matches, their first two points ever in Nations League. I do want to shout out Anguilla. I am pretty sure that's the first time they've ever gotten consecutive results in competitive matches ever. So and scored. They scored goals. They, they scored, scored a goal. Goals. They scored a goal. They even came back to get a result. That program, just you love to see it. Up the Dolphins. Um, group D, uh, to round out League C, we have Puerto Rico, who is promoted. They got six points from two matches. Cayman Islands are sitting in second with two points from three matches. And the British Virgin Islands round out League D again with two points in three matches. Cayman Islands up on goal differential by three on the British Virgin Islands. Now, as we wrap up League C, I do want to shout out uh, from Bonaire, Ayrton Cecilia. My dude's got five goals through four matches. Just going off. Good young talent. That's what you love to see in the Nations League. Amen. And also St. Lucia, uh, very quickly, remember St. Lucia withdrew from, from World Cup qualifying. Uh, but now we're being promoted to League B. So that's a nice turnaround in the, in the span of, what, about a year uh, for them. So congratulations to them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so what do we know? Um, obviously, we've mentioned a few of them already. Uh, Jonathan, what, what do we know out of League A so far? So the big things that we know out of League A is um, – is qualification for the 2023 Gold Cup. So Jamaica, Panama, and El Salvador, so from A, B, and D, uh, all have qualified from that from for the 2023 Gold Cup. So that's that's really the big takeaway um, we have coming out of that. Yeah, obviously with three team groups and not having as many games played, we don't really have anyone running away or having clinched 
top spot and a spot in the Nations League finals. But those three teams are definitely going to the Gold Cup. In League B, assured of at least a spot in the Gold Cup prelims out of Group C, Nicaragua. That's really the only team that's solidified things uh, with these four team groups. Everyone's got two games remaining, so there's still a lot up in the air um, for all those teams League B. Donald, what about League C? Yeah, so League C, we only have two teams that have been promoted. I mentioned them uh, just a few minutes ago. St. Lucia uh, out of Group C and Puerto Rico out of Group D. Both of them have been promoted to League B in 2024, and they're in the Gold Cup prelims. In League C, only the division winner or the group winners are eligible to play in the Gold Cup prelims. So, so far we have two. We have two more teams to find out. We have to wait till March to do it, though. Yeah, Two match days remaining. Those will take place uh, in late March. And yeah, still a lot up for grabs in League A. You got spots in the CNL finals up for grabs. You got a lot of Gold Cup berths for 2023 up for grabs. A lot on the line. It's CONCACAF Nations League. This is what teams dream of. All these players when they're kids just dreaming of CONCACAF Nations League glory. And it's right at their fingertips. Um. So that's where we're at after June. Now, a lot happened in June, and we're going to go into a new segment here that I'm going to call the Top 10 CACAF. Uh, <laughs> we arbitrarily made by a list. By the way, by the way, by the way, this is the second greatest name that you've come up with, just, just so you know. Pod CACAF is one. 10 CACAF is two. I, I don't know how many other CACAF puns you have up your, up your sleeve, but you need to let us know ahead of time before you do shit like this. <laughs> Listen, I think a lot of my great ideas come from taking a word and just adding cacaf to the end of yeah, it. <laughs> so well, was- I, I do want to I do if we're given top three things Eric has done uh, in relations to this pod. Um, it is also uh, CONCACAF is a vibes based economy. Um, that's I mean, OK. That's, that's that's actually it might be number one. Shirts are that, still coming, that, aren't they, Eric? Yeah, yeah some uh, merch. Uh, I mean, my, if we want to talk about top three is, failures, top three failures as a podcast. Oh, yeah. The fact that we did three, have you can merch. narrow it down to three. No, 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 no. I'm just saying like number one is the fact that when that article ran, we did not have merch to sell. Oh, God. We're getting one. There. Yeah. Please support the Patreon so we can get this stuff rolling. All right, so the top 10 CACAF. Uh, there's a lot of nonsense because this is CACAF. So we're going to go through the 10 dumbest things or 10 most ridiculous CACAF nonsense things that happened in this June Nations League window. This is really what the podcast is all about. Honestly, like we could go through standings. We could read you updates and scores, whatever. That, I don't, that's not the important thing. This is the bullshit we're here for. Number one on the list, and there's no order here. Number one on the list, the lights went out in Managua. So Trinidad and Tobago played Nicaragua on June 3rd. Estadio Nacional sets the scene. Quick sidebar, Trinidad and Tobago only showed up with 19 players. They had, like, travel issues. Guys were on COVID protocol. The coach didn't even make – Angus even had personal issues and didn't even make the trip. First game of Nations League, 68th minute. The lights in the stadium go out. They have a 30-minute delay. The lights finally come back on. By the way, it's a monsoon. It's like pouring rain, and they restart the game. Nicaragua ends up winning 2-1. Just 
early on in the window. It's that's called resiliency. I would. One of the things, and as just to kind of set the stage as we get through all of this, I would like to know the cumulative amount of rainfall that took place during this Nations League window. Um, because as we get through all of these, there's going to be a um, reoccurring theme and a reoccurring character, and that is rain. And lots of it. Yeah. Speaking of lots of rain, let's just go on to the second one on our list. Honduras beats Canada in San Pedro Sula. Congrats to Honduras. Their first win at home since November of 2019. Beating the Canadians, the champions of CONCACAF, allegedly, at home. The game was played in basically a fucking lake. Uh, It was raining for days. Like, guys... The thing that blew my mind about this is Canada did not deviate their game plan at all. I watched this game just in just being dumbfounded because not only had I thrown a lot of money on Canada to win this game, which I probably should have, the dudes were trying to like knock it around the back when they're in a fucking pond. Just absolutely. Not only did you put a lot of money on this, you were giving everyone the hot tip. Um, based on on the on on the odds of uh, mm-hmm. who I believe was, uh, I believe you heard me say Honduras had not won at home since November 2019. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I had to um, emphasize that. Also, shout out, um, shout out Canada for uh, uh, just trying to bang down the referee's door after the game, uh, trying to break into the referee's locker room. Guys, come on now, like you can't be doing that. If you're this, you know, alleged kings of CONCACAF, as you claim to be. And, you know, you know, we'll talk about the Twitter in a second. But come on, y'all. Y'all got to act like you've been there before, because literally you have been there before. <laughs> just a few months ago, you were there before. So yeah, you just, won like, that game. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's not do that. Which leads us to the Twitter. The Twitter. We need to talk the Twitter. We need to we have need a, a siren for this one. Like, I'm me, 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 me. Like, <laughs> whoever's producing this, let's, let's get something in there. Um, so, Canada's Twitter names themselves three time champion of CONCACAF. Eric, what have they won to make them the three time champion of CONCACAF? I believe they've won a, they have won a gold cup. That is a fact. Canada right. has won a gold cup. What other what years are they claiming? 95, 2000, and 2022. And, and 2022. See, this is like if you're an American listening to this, you would understand the context. So in college football, they have like claimed national championships where essentially like back in the day, like it wasn't necessarily like a championship game. They got you the, the championship. It's just like everyone said, oh, yeah, they're the best team. They won. And it's like, oh, yeah, we won. We're the national champions. So they, I, 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 misto- I misspoke when I said 95. It was 1985. And they won what was then, I guess, it wasn't, I don't think it was the Gold Cup. It was the Concord It was Cap. the pre, so they, yeah, it was 85. The precursor to the Gold Cup. 2000, 2022. So they are. We're, we're talking 2022 here. Yeah. yeah, and so the, my biggest thing is the fact you can't call yourself three-time champions at CONCACAF if it's three different tournaments. <laughs> like, a, a, there wasn't a tournament for 2022. You qualified first a, as a World Cup team. 
you know what you got the exact same thing that the second and third place and (laughs) and now the fourth place team and now the fourth place and you got the exact same thing like there is no you didn't you weren't a seated team you didn't get preferential treatment you got a really hard group so uh yeah canada you didn't get a trophy you ain't get a trophy yeah. they that's the thing is they have the trophy emoji for this thing there's no trophy if you show me the octagonal trophy then i will let you keep your emoji on your thing otherwise it's gotta go yeah canada just being paper champions really like this they were not at all impressive in this nation's league window uh they actually i'll give them credit they went into nation's league not having played a game because of their own fault the players tried to th- revolt and there, it was actually up in the air whether or not they were going to play that game against Curacao and Vancouver, but cooler heads prevailed. You have to respect the sanctity of the CONCACAF Nations League. They played the game. They got their result. Sure. They did cancel they got, a friendly. They canceled, they canceled two friendlies. They were supposed to play right. Iran. On the same day. They were supposed to play right. Iran. They canceled that because it was a terrible idea in the first place. And then they had Panama fly all the way up to fucking Vancouver to play another friendly. The players were like, no, nah, we want a new contract. We need a new CBA. We ain't playing. So Panama had to fly all the way up there and fly all the way back because Canada can't get their shit together. Couldn't even get cardio in. I'm also gonna take. I'm, I'm gonna take a shot at John Herdman too. So I, I was. I read some of his post game quotes, and one of the ones he said was um, talking about how difficult it was, and it was like, like an F taking an F1 car to an off road track. And I question if he's ever watched modern F1. <laughs> because let me tell you, that car don't bumpy. drive in the gravel. Sometimes it <laughs> yeah. doesn't drive in the grass. Um, and that's when it's dry. If you take like it, it just it just baffles me. It just baffles me. Um, and also, whose fault was it, John? Who made that game plan? Maybe it was the coach. Maybe you should have a conversation with him. Don't know who he is, though. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just mad. I'm just mad. He thinks he's an F1 car. What? Get out of here. <laughs> well, speaking of coaching and having that game plan together and adjusting for the elements, we're, we'll go to the next one on our list because it's very similar. U.S. draws El Salvador at the Cuscatlan. The game was played in a giant mud pit. Uh, similar situation. Lots of rain. Cuscatlan's field did not hold up. The difference is there was metal on the field, Eric. There was oh, yeah. metal on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, even, I forgot to even put that in the notes. Yeah, I guess there was a concert at the Cuscatlan a couple days before. They were finding chunks of metal at training the night before. Just chunks of metal in the grass, you know? It this was a, clear, to be fair, it was clear by kickoff. Like they found this the day before. Yeah. So they were you able- know the teams are training, like yeah. yeah. I mean, and one of the the U.S. missed a player because of that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it started raining. And the field was a mess. Uh, El Salvador scored early. But unlike Canada, the U.S. was able to adjust. And Jordan Morris, stoppage time, equalizer. Donald, you were there. What was the vibe there? If you just want to go briefly into what it was like seeing that equalizer at the end. Yeah, and and since the theme of this episode is tease, uh, I'm teasing this so that you guys, your patrons will get to hear the full story on our one more round after we finish recording this. But uh, I will say it had been raining. It, it's rainy season in Central America. So it rains every day there. It's like Miami. 
it rains at a certain point. It rains for an hour or two sometimes, uh, and then it stops. Except for this night, it rained throughout the day uh, at certain points, and then it cleared up. We're like, okay, maybe we're in the clear. We're, we're going to be fine. Nope, right as we got to the stadium, it starts pouring again, and it really never let up for the rest of the game. Uh, there were spots where it kind of it was drizzling, but for all intents and purposes, it probably rained about three and a half inches uh, that night. Our section was flooded um, before the game started, but that was also because it rains all the time there. It, it, it has been raining uh, at least at some point every single day or night. So uh, I, I'm actually quite happy with the result, given that, you know, that was the elements. And that was, and it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people who were talking about the field and saying, oh, they should never have played on that field. Yes, they should have. You know why? Because it's CONCACAF and that happens. We, we've had, you know, we've played in Miami before. I was at that game with the frog where it rained eight inches in one game. Like that was in, that was in the United States of America. This happens, you adjust to it. And it's about how teams adjust to it. El Salvador did a great job with it. The United States didn't do as good a job with it until the very end, but they were able to adjust and get that, you know, get that final goal to get the result that they needed. Yeah. Uh, definitely a unique environment at the Cuscalon. Uh announced crowd of only 6,313, which was a lot less than, ended up in that qualifier back in September. So we'll and, talk- and it was actually, it was actually that amount of people there. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't half attendance where we look and we go, yo, uh, you have to part the red sea. You did have to part the red yeah. sea a little bit, but not as bad, not nearly as bad as when we were there in September. Yeah. So again, we'll talk more about that on one more round, subscribe to the Patreon to tune in on that. Uh, sticking with the U S number four on our top 10 cacaf. Again, these are in no specific order. Uh, we had three four-goal performances. Dude's just balling out, dropping four goals uh, in this June international window. First up, we had Jesus Ferrer of the U.S. scoring four against Grenada up in League A. Next up, we had Gerwin Lake of St. Martin, the Dutch side, on June 11th, scoring four against Turks and Caicos. And then... We had Puerto Rico's Ricardo Rivera on June 12th, dropping four against the U.S. Virgin Islands. Big time showing I, up. I will say it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, three days in a row. I also say, um, dare I say, Jesus Ferrer was the most unlikely of those three to score four goals because I think he was probably most unlikely of those three to score four goals. Well, uh, go ahead, Jonathan. I, I say I would agree um, because, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, we don't get too in the, into the tactics and everything, but that's not all the time for Ferreira's job. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely think that is um, he was he was easily um, the uh, most uh, unlikely. Yeah. Also, but- also, you, you think about it like this. He's the fifth U.S. player to ever do that. U.S. men's player to ever do that. So the last time someone did that was Landon Donovan. It was 2003. Like, of course, I, I, that's why I say he's most unlikely, not just because he's a guy that's not known to score in bunches like that, but because no U.S. player ever really does that. Well, I think you're, you guys are right. But also, I do want to add this as we move on to the next one because it is related. Gerwin Lake of St. Martin, with those goals, became the all-time leading scorer in St. Martin national team history. He's got 11 goals in eight appearances. And dude dropped four of them 
in that one game. And in that one game, number five on our list of top 10 kickoff, St. Martin, eight, Turks and Caicos, two. Great result for St. Martin, the Dutch side. Um, great result. And then these teams played three days later. Do you think it went any similar? No, it was absolutely the fucking opposite. Turks and Caicos, two. <laughs> St. Martin, zero. Eric lost a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I would like, I would like to introduce us to the second recurring character, and that is Bad Bets with Schmitz. Oh, my um, God, yes. And, bad uh, Beats. They scored beats. eight goals. How did they get shot out? You, I, yeah, bet you, I, did you, I bet you ate to it, see what happened next. Oh, huh? God. <laughs> he, uh, Eric was very confident at over four and a half goals. Um, yeah. And uh, that just uh, didn't meet the, uh, did not rise to the occasion. No, absolute. Like, I'm not saying this was, I'm not saying there was match fixing here. I am not saying there was any match fixing here. But I'm not saying there's any match fixing here. But you go from eight to two to oh two. He's no one, no one, no one match fixed, but they fixed yeah. the match. <laughs> well, somehow, <laughs> the one positive I want to take out of this uh, Turks and Caicos 2 0 result over St. Martin uh, in that match, we had our first all female referee crew in CONCACAF Nations League history. So, shout out to those ladies. Great for CONCACAF, great for equality, great for the future of the game. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. We we talk about how this this competition helps pump resources into national teams, but it also gives referees and coaches and all these people chances to develop their game and chances to you know really take have their game on the international stage. So uh, congratulations to them. I, it's it's sad that it's 2022 and they're the first crew, um, but they obviously certain certainly will not be the last. There's going to be plenty of opportunities. Uh, for for referees to to shine in this tournament so uh oh and and the great thing <laughs> eric is almost that you don't know their names because that means they were pretty good they did nothing wrong because referees that we were about learn their names about is because they did something wrong could have used a couple pens though you know yeah you know a little bit i mean but anyways live and move, learn let's move on with the nonsense uh as we mentioned going through the groups Montserrat and Bermuda only played three games in June. That's because Montserrat actually canceled their match away to Bermuda. Now I say canceled. Basically they said, nah, we ain't coming. And they didn't go. So Bermuda, I don't know if it goes down as a forfeit. I was trying to find more information about this. I'm not sure what the ramifications are for this. I know Montserrat will end up getting punished. I don't know the reasoning for why the game was canceled. But the whole point of this tournament is to get these smaller federations more games, and y'all got to show up and play those games. Well, if they if they're going to get punished, that I would imagine they the punishment would come in the form of a forfeit, right? Or are they going to reschedule that game? That's the question. Um, The we don't know the last because the last statement was from the tenth of June, and it just said the Bermuda Football Association looks forward to receiving the adjudication from the CONCACAF Disciplinary Committee where we await full disclosure of the circumstances that have led to the cancellation. So they may not even be 100% sure. Um, my next point of that is how do we get on the disciplinary committee? Yeah. Yes. Can, can we hand out the punishments here? Because I know Bermuda's basically saying there, it's like, yo, CONCACAF, 
What are you going to do about this? Yeah. I think, see, what I would do is I would want to get, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer. I want to gather evidence. I want to do depositions. And if I have to fly to Montserrat to get these depositions, damn it, I will do it. <laughs> I'll even go to the volcano side. I will go to, I will go wherever is necessary. Yeah. The seat of the crime. Meet me in the exclusion zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You think the nonsense ends there. We're, we're still only like halfway through our list here. Uh, Nicaragua, Bahamas on June 13th. Bahamas shows up to this match with only three on their bench. They got 14 guys in their squad. They have to make a sub in the 34th minute. Okay. Early sub. They don't got a lot of guys. They had a, a midfielder, Miguel Thompson, dressed as their backup goalkeeper. They subbed him on in the 85th minute. Early, like when it happened, I tweeted out like, hey, yo, Bahamas just subbed on their keeper as a field player. Holy shit. Turns out he's actually a field player who was on the roster as a goalkeeper. They had to send him out in Jersey. It doesn't have a number on it because he was on the roster as number one with the keeper kit. The magic of CONCACAF. Again, tease. We're going to talk about that in the one more round as well. Uh, at least, oh, yeah, at that's, least the, that's, the that's one of our topics. That's yeah, one of our topics. Of our topics. One more round. So backup keepers out in the field, balling out, cool stuff. Next on our list, Jamaica. Holy shit, this nonsense in Jamaica. So to set the stage here, so Jamaica played in Suriname to open the window. The teams were playing back in Jamaica for the next fixture. Suriname made it back to Jamaica before Jamaica did. Apparently, the players were super pissed about the travel arrangements. They demanded that General Secretary Dalton Wint resign or they weren't going to play. They were so mad about how bad the travel situation was. They ended up making it back. Dalton Wint said he was going to resign. Apparently they're still working out with the JFF, like whether it's termination, compensation, all that nonsense. In the midst of all this, the players are threatening to like not play the next game. Jamaica's interim coach, Paul Hall, also threatened to quit, saying like, I don't want anything to do with this. He didn't. They ended up playing the next game. Jamaica won 3-1, but Dalton went out. The players are upset. Paul Hall was still... Got the interim tag on it. Reggae boys struggling down there. I think they're struggling in general. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a weird state that they're in right now. Yeah. I mean, they grind, they ground out some results against some inferior teams. They did get a draw against Mexico. You know, it's a little disappointing. Mexico, not good. They're just not very good. Not great, Bob. In a game that was filled with rain. Yes, a lot of rain going on. It like I believe we talked about this in the preview. The last Nations League, the inaugural Nations League, all of the games were like September, October, November. So it was a little bit more temperate. I mean, this is June. So like weather played a huge, huge role in a lot I of these games. Disagree because in November, October, September, that is the height of of hurricane season we had a lot of games we went to one in the cayman islands where the ball couldn't go two yards without it hitting a puddle but like 
the rain again from June to November is is rainy season in the Caribbean and in Central America. It's it's a big deal, uh, and it's something that we've had to deal with um, even at games. Like I think it was uh, when we went to work qualifying, we were lucky that we went to these places and it was just muggy. But we got the rain before the game. We got the rain after the game, but not during the game. Yeah, I mean the rain was kind of a constant between the two seasons. The difference mm-hmm. was it's June. You were in Austin. It was hot as shit because it's mm-hmm. fucking June. So I wished it rained there. <laughs> yeah, I, what I would have give given for some rain that day, man. We'll talk about that on one more round. If you don't go, just go subscribe. Give us the five bucks and listen to this thing. Links on our Twitter account. Um, all right. So next on our list of nonsense. So in the Honduras Curacao match, Honduras coach Diego Vasquez made CONCACAF Nations League history and truly probably CONCACAF history. He made five substitutions at halftime in that game. All of, all of the subs. He's just like, halftime, just making your changes. Changed half the squad. History in the Nations League. Do you want to shout out Diego Vasquez? He is now the permanent head coach of Honduras. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's let's see what he can do. I know uh, we talked about the struggles that they've had uh, throughout the octagonal and, and especially at home, uh, but his job is to get them back on track. They have, and the great thing is, you know, they're hiring him, I think it's for four years if memory serves correctly, because this next cycle is super important because the, you know, the three teams that a lot of these that have really made it where a lot of these coaches are on the hot seat are the United States, Mexico, and Canada, and they don't have to qualify for this next world cup because they're hosting it. So it's a prime opportunity for all these teams who are right there on the cusp to make that next leap. That's what Vasquez is trying to do with Honduras. Yeah. And sticking with Honduras, they had a lot of nonsense. They had the Canada game. They had five subs at once at halftime in this game. And they also, they're next on our list. Actually, this is number 10 on our top 10 kickoff list. They got stranded coming back from Curacao after their match in Curacao. The game almost got canceled, the return leg in San Pedro Sula. So Honduras, they had commercial flight that got canceled due to weather. They tried bringing in a private plane to like charter them. That couldn't take off because of weather or mechanical problems. Sorry. So they ended up getting rerouted. They got stranded in Miami overnight and were able to get a flight to San Pedro Sula Meanwhile, Curacao is in San Pedro Sula, hanging out at the mall, probably nailed down some power chicken, you know, just living the life. Honduras has to fly in the day of the game. The game was almost canceled because they weren't sure if they're going to make it in time. They get down there for the game and uh, fall to Cur- Curacao gets the victory. Obviously a rough day for Honduras. Um, Donald, what would you do with an extra day in San Pedro Sula? Uh, eat more power chicken. Like, duh. Like, look, look, like Honduras should have been at an advantage. Like if, if Honduras was playing me, Lord knows, I'd be like, yo, I got to play now. I've been eating nothing but power chicken for three days. Like what? Like I'm not ready. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I would be like jacked up. It's like, oh, all that power chicken. You got that power, you know? Yeah, you got power, it's, right? I'm flex- you guys can't see later. this, but I'm, you guys can't see this, but I'm flexing right now. Flexing. Power chicken. Like the, also, like the big chicken. Also, the team flew commercially from Miami, and I know which flight they were on. They were on the flight that we took to San Pedro Sula 
uh, back in uh, September. So uh, I know that I know that flight very well. It was fine. So those were 10 super ridiculous things that happened. A lot of nonsense. The one thing I do want to talk about is Trinidad and Tobago. I just want to shout out on the podcast to D vibes section. So obviously if you're an American soccer fan, you know about the American outlaws, Canada, you got the Voyagers, Mexico, you've got whatever they've got in Mexico. Like there are fan groups and organized supporters everywhere. Trinidad Tobago D vibes section got established. And it was like, you pay a cover free beer, free drinks, They've got DJs. They've got performers. They literally say it's a VIP section and the V is for vibes. Like we have a new leader in fan culture in CONCACAF. For the game against St. Vincent, they had young Bretta performing live in the section before the game. Dude, it looked absolutely fantastic. Donald, Jonathan, you're both heavy into American Outlaws. You know the culture. Can we even compete with this? No. <laughs> no. We, there, there, I mean, there, there is no, there is no competing. We, we could try. Um, here's how we do it. Uh, if you're listening from D Vibe section at Podcast, DM us. We would love to collaborate. Uh, I don't know how. We, I don't know how we can hold up our end, but we, we're, we're damn sure gonna try and have fun doing it. So reach out to us. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, as someone who also values research um, and um, validating, um, I think that I, uh, while Donald, you are going to uh, you go to Montserrat to, to do that. Um, I think I, I will need to take a trip to D vibe section um, to, and to Trinidad to, to just lay some groundwork and open up diplomatic relations. Exactly. You know the they, vibes. Listen, if you try to doubles while you're down there. <laughs> listen, free doubles. It was free beers and, and, and free some shark doubles. and bait. Dude, listen, Jonathan, I'm just saying if you try writing that that expense off to the podcast, I'm saying yes. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. what we're here for. We got to bring the cock calf to the people. So a wonderful window, a lot of cock calf bullshit. Um is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Or are you just kind of like just twiddling your thumbs until Grenada away in March? I mean, uh, I'm ready for Grenada away I, because um, there's something that happens in November and December. Not really too concerned about it because um, we know why is, we're here. And that is Conca Cat. Yeah, it's Bill's Lions. Yes. <laughs> Bill's Lions. Bill's Lions. <laughs> Listen, everyone knows that. The hierarchy of soccer importance goes this. CONCACAF Nations League, big gap, everything else. Bill's Lions. Bill's Lions. I was gonna I was gonna put AFCON after I was gonna put AFCON after CONCACAF. Listen, we don't need to talk about any other confederations. this is a CONCACAF only podcast. Um, so let's wrap this up. Again, subscribe to our Patreon, listen to our one more round podcast. We're going to be talking about Donald and I going to Austin. Then Donald went to El Salvador. It looked a lot of fun. I had massive FOMO. And we also have this uh, kind of discussion point based on the whole Bahamas backup goalkeeper thing. 
fun stuff. And then, yeah, subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash podcacaf. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at podcacaf. Tweet us. Tell us how much you love the podcast. The one thing I want to emphasize here on this episode, please go wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on a ham radio, wherever you're going, just go to your source and rate and review us. Give us five stars, whatever is max. If you want to give us only four, fine, but like just rate us and then leave a nice review saying these guys hate Canada a lot. These guys <laughs> are all about the vibes, whatever you want to say, just we hope you're enjoying the podcast and make sure you tell all your friends about it. Uh, Jonathan, where can people find you on socials? Uh, at J SSP and at Speedway Sock and Broadway Sports Media. Donald? At Blazing DW and at Star Stripes FC uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with a laser focus episode in the coming weeks. In the meantime, we've got one more round for you. And Phineas, holler at us on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. Go CONCACAF.